Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Protect yourself from identity theft and take complete control of your debit card with Secure Lock Equip from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Visit FABNT.com for details. Member FDIC. Football's still going on. I know we know that uh, we're down here for the Razorback game against Penn State. Uh, Outback Bowl happening this weekend, but as many other great games there are in bowl games, uh, national championship implications are going to be happening with the college football semifinals happening this weekend. And arguably, I don't think it's an argument, the best game or at least the most anticipated game in the semifinals is Georgia versus Michigan. Can Georgia bounce back after that loss to Alabama in the SEC title game? And can Michigan actually be the team that everyone expected them to be under Jim Harbaugh, there's going to be a lot of questions to be asked, and we're hopefully going to get some answers. We go to the phone lines right now and welcome in Logan Booker of 960, the ref out of Georgia. My man, Logan, appreciate you joining us again this afternoon, man. How you doing? John, what's going on, man? Are we talking uh, dogs, or do you want to talk about the Braves World Series for a few minutes? <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you what. I-, I can understand how there's still probably some excitement going on with the Braves, but, hey, yeah, there's man. still a chance that the Bulldogs can win a national championship. I know that was disappointing in the SEC title game, but, hey, you still got a chance to, to get it right and to win a national championship. My-, my wife and I are both big Braves fans and, and both dog alumni. We've-, we've said for a while now, if the dogs can pull this off, I'm not sure that either of us will ever complain about sports again in our life. The Braves have already done half of the equation, but, yeah, certainly Georgia needs to rebound from whatever the heck that was December 4th at Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta and try to give us a chance. Like you said, we we went into that game not expecting that, John. We were we kind of drank the Kool-Aid, and I guess uh, what is the rat poison comment that Nick Saban says all the time? I think we were all eating that for a lot of weeks there in the fall. And when we made that trip down to Atlanta, we really convinced ourselves not only was Georgia playing really good football, coming off a 45 nothing win over arch-rival Georgia Tech, but also Alabama looked like crap against Auburn. I mean, remember that game? They, they mm-hmm. it took a, a last-minute 98-yard drive for Alabama just to force overtime, and they were getting sacked left and right. And we really convinced ourselves as a fan base that this was the day that we were going to push by Alabama. But I'm sure you guys watched uh, – enough for all of the game to realize that, that the boogeyman still lives in Tuscaloosa and for whatever reason just has Georgia's number like like nobody else. So, yeah, it, it's, been a, it's been a tough three and a half weeks or so just trying to get back on the field because this fan base, and, and look, I'm one of them. I'll use the word we. We have been pretty miserable uh, for a few weeks despite the fact that, yes, we are in the college football playoff and we should be having a lot of fun doing that. Well, the question I'm sure that uh, has been asked to you and to, to many others, and we've even talked about it here on this radio show, is particularly about Georgia. Was that game against Alabama just a, a, a bad game for Georgia? Was it just where everything went wrong for them and everything went right for Alabama? Or was there an element of exploiting some weaknesses that Georgia may have that they hadn't had exploited before? I mean, what did you make of that game? Is that something that is a bigger story than just a single game, or is it just a bad game by Georgia? Yeah, I think everything you said, there's an element to it that you can you can say is correct. There was a, the exploiting of the secondary. Uh, we have a couple guys that were out that game. Christopher Smith in the safety position did not play. Uh, I think he may have played the beginning of the game, then a knee injury kept him out, and the, the backup there just totally got smoked uh, all day long. And we're just very thin in that position. All season long, we, we have known that Georgia's secondary was not at strongest point of the, de- of the defense, but – we have not really faced a very good quarterback all season. No disrespect to any, any quarterbacks that were played, but the passing attack was never part of any game plan that Georgia 
up against. And as we know, Bryce Young with his weapons out there and Jamison Williams and at the first half, Jonathan Mechie, when he was out there, just absolutely diced Georgia up. But when you go back and look at the tape and, and if you study this Georgia team like we do here at Athens, you, you look at so many schemes that were played on the defensive line and with the, the linebackers, and a lot of it was just different. And, and a lot of the criticism that the fans are, are putting out there and a lot of analysts, and look, ourselves included, on the radio at, at 960 The Ref, it's, it's almost like Kirby may have overthought this game a little bit. It, it, you know you're on the big stage, and he knows Nick Saban as well as anybody else in this nation would know Nick Saban from all the time that he worked under him over there in Tuscaloosa. And it's almost like he played chess and he, he tried to predict what Saban was going to do and you overthought it. So a lot of those schemes that Georgia ran was just so foreign to the rest of the season where it seemed like the, the emphasis was not on pass rush and getting after the quarterback because that's what Georgia's had success the whole time. But instead, you threw packages out there where you were sort of bends don't break. Let, let's try not to give up the, the home run ball. But as a result, they just diced you up in the secondary uh, pretty much all game long until the second half when you settled a little bit. But it was just too late. So – is it exploitation? Sure. I mean, the Georgia secondary was not as good as, as as we would like it to be, but I really do feel that, that Georgia played its weirdest game, its worst game, and at the same time, Alabama got as fired up as I've ever seen them to play us. So it was a combination of a lot of things, and, and, and I think it's all fixable is the thing. If Georgia can get by Michigan, and I know we got to talk about that game first, but if Georgia and Alabama play, I will not wake up and just expect the exact same result as December 4th. I think Georgia can play better against Alabama, and, and gosh, in a couple of days we're just hoping to get that chance if we can get through this really good Michigan team. Well, and I know it's weird to say, see it this way, at least if, because over here at Arkansas, obviously we would take a, a season that Georgia has had you know, every sure. day and twice on Sunday, but if Georgia, and I, I'm sure you've talked about it, but if Georgia was to lose this game to Michigan and finish the postseason going 0-2 and falling short, is the season a failure? Is this season by Georgia fans looked to be as an epic failure? Yeah, I mean, it's I would epic is, is a strong word, but a failure is, is a, a fair word, I think. Uh, it, it's been a fun season, a really, really fun season throughout the, the 12-0 and regular season. You dominated teams that you should dominate. You went down and beat a bunch of rivals. But when it all comes down to it, when the postseason happens, if this Georgia team finishes 0-2, and gets bounced and goes home with absolutely nothing to show for it except, okay, you beat your rivals in the regular season. And like I said, that was fun. But the way that Georgia has been knocking on this door for several years now, starting in 2017 when they went out and won the Rose Bowl, came back and had our hearts ripped out in the national championship game in overtime there. But, but ever since then, it has sort of been a mindset expectation of the program that we have to get rewarded for all of this. At some point, Georgia has to stop these 1980 jokes that every single fan base loves to throw our way, and deservedly so. It's been a long time, 41 years, uh, but, but it's time for the payoff to happen. So, so the mindset now, and I heard, I think somebody wrote this right after the uh, Alabama loss in the national championship game a few years ago, and they kind of ended their column with, all right, Georgia fans, I hope you had fun this season because it's not going to be fun anymore until you win the national championship. And I think that's the, the mindset now is that if you don't win the national championship, you just keep asking yourself why, like what, what, what has gone wrong here? Why, why are we not on the same level as other people and other programs like Alabama and Clemson and LSU? But, but uh, yeah, it, it's just one of the caveats to being a sports fan. And when you're in the business of being the best, and I think Kirby smart has elevated this program to that level 
that, yeah, it, it's going to be national championship or bust in the mind of a whole lot of people. And, yeah, we enjoy the little moments, but, but long way to answer your question, yes, if Georgia does not beat Michigan or win the national championship, it's going to be a really, really long offseason and a, a rebuilding defense for 2022. So it would, it would not be a happy summer. Let's put it that way. Speaking with Logan Booker of 960, the ref here on Out of Bounds, 103.7 The Buzz. Uh, Logan, so let's look at Michigan. Uh, They're a team that I think that it's funny because, you know, when Jim Harbaugh got hired at Michigan, everyone was like, okay, so let's see what he's got. And he was being almost annoying where he was was doing like WWE (laughs) events. He was getting talked about a lot. But yet he kept failing. He kept losing to Ohio State. He kept losing to Michigan State. He kept losing to all their rivals. And it seemed like maybe the key to it all was reducing his salary because all of a sudden now he's in the college football playoff and winning the Big Ten. Yeah. What what do you make of this Michigan team? And as a Georgia fan, does it can, does it worry you a little bit of what they can do? Yeah, very good team. And, and I think what has Georgia fans and ourselves a little optimistic about this game as opposed to Alabama is it's going to be strength on strength. They are not a mobile quarterback throw the deep ball team, and that's exactly what just gashed Georgia against Alabama. Every single team that has tried to stand up and just play in the trenches, man-on-man, run the ball, smash-mouth football against the dogs, have failed miserably against this defense all season long. And and everybody that's come here or there just has had little to no success whatsoever. That's what Michigan is more of. And I know they just won the uh, the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in the country, and there's no – overlooking that but I, I really like the, the their, their style of play offensively against what Georgia is good at stopping and if Georgia can put up just some points on a, on Friday night I don't think you have to, to score too many this could be one of those I don't know call it like a 28-21 type game which in this day and age is kind of low scoring for college football I think Georgia can do that and, and I think Georgia can can kind of contain and not give up those just just chunk plays that Alabama just feasted on and on both sides of the ball, I think I think Georgia can have success running. I know Michigan State, the one team that did beat the Wolverines, and they had a pretty darn good running back in Kenneth Walker. But Georgia's got really good running backs, too, running behind a decent offensive line. So, I, again, I really like the matchup. I'll be honest with you, I'm glad we're playing Michigan as opposed to, to like, a Cincinnati, who I think is a more explosive offense. I think Georgia's better, but I don't think we have to worry about those those long – just down the field deep balls that Alabama was so successful on. So I think Georgia fans are kind of talking themselves into as we're getting closer uh, that Georgia can go back to what we saw the first 12 games of the season and be better than Michigan on Friday night. So how much of a chance do you give looking on the other side of it for Cincinnati to beat Alabama? Because obviously Alabama is is the team to beat right now. They're the number one seed. We know it's always Nick Saban and everything. But Cincinnati's finally a group of five team that gets in. Do you give them any shot to beat the Tide? Uh, Georgia fans would be very happy, John, if we, if, we, if we could get Cincinnati in the national championship. I'm telling you, I think one of the reasons Georgia's in such a bad mood fan base right now is because not only is, is the big bully that beat you up in Atlanta, not only did they do it again, but they're at the end of the hall. So if you, if you get by the next guy, guess who's going to be waiting for you? But I, I like, I don't know, I, I want desperately to give Cincinnati a chance. I just can't. I, I just I just don't think this Alabama and Cincinnati team match up. Uh, like I just mentioned, strength on strength with Georgia-Michigan. So Cincinnati's a good story. I, I think we actually predicted they would be in the college football playoff preseason based on what we saw last year and looking at their schedule. We knew if they got by Notre Dame, they would probably be undefeated and have a chance, and they did that. 
But, no, I, I think coming off that sour taste of Alabama, if they play like they did against Georgia, I think we'll all be turning that game off around halftime because uh, Alabama's going to be up so big. So take the money, throw it on Bama, and throw it on the over, John. Yeah, because I'm kind of with you. Like, I know everyone's talking about Georgia-Michigan, but it, it's just like with Cincinnati – it's like, man, you you talk about where all the pressure is kind of on Alabama, which they it doesn't matter to them because sure. it seems like they're always there and they're always going to do their thing. But could you imagine what that would do to college football if Cincinnati man. found a way to beat Alabama? Because obviously there would be you know just the storyline of that for sure. But then you'd start going into it'd be like, see, this is why group of five teams should have gotten <laughs> in for, for for previously. So I I kind of want it to happen, not just because I'd love to see. Oh yeah. Uh, Alabama lose, but it'd be just fun to see the chaos that would come from it as well. Yeah, if, if you're not rooting for Georgia you're, or Arkansas in your case, I, I do appreciate the chaos of college football. So, no, 100%, I would love to see Cincinnati pull some just shocking upset. And I another rabbit hole, another conversation for another day, but I would love to see the playoff go to 12 teams and eventually get more opportunities for these things to happen and throw some buys for the top four players, whatever you want to do, format it, but yeah, I think there should be a seat at the table for these type of teams when they have seasons like Cincinnati had. And I'll just say it again, I, I really, as a Georgia fan, would love to play Cincinnati as opposed to, to Alabama. But but throw these throw these types of games in there enough, and eventually we will see those upsets like we just talked about. But I think it's going to take an expansion of the playoff in a few years before we see something like that. And unfortunately for Cincinnati, I know what they're looking at right now. They had Houston in the AAC, just beat Auburn yesterday. Uh, there was another another a uh, who else beat a, a, a SEC team recently? There was another Atlanta conference. Oh, UCF. They yeah. beat Florida down in uh, the Gasparilla Bowl. I know what Cincinnati's thinking is: look at our conference. We're beating SEC left and right. But the bad news for Cincinnati is I don't think Alabama has any opt outs, and I don't think that uh, Alabama doesn't want to be there. So it's going to be a bad formula for Cincinnati going up against Bama on Friday, in my opinion. You know, you mentioned the SEC. Should we make any deal out of this? Out of the SEC just <laughs> sucking eggs here no. in the bowl games? Because they're over. which no. I'm not either. But at the same time, it's still kind of weird where it's like, man, y'all can't beat any. It's not even like you're losing to power five teams. For the most part, you're losing a group of five. I, as much as I don't love it, and, and it's something we just have to get used to, we're in such a new, different era of the way we look at bowl games. And I, I can't sit here and reel off all the players that have opted out and didn't play and a team that like Auburn that's not used to going to Birmingham to play in the Birmingham Bowl and uh, Florida going over with a lame duck coach playing a very motivated Central Florida team in the Gasparilla Bowl. They, they don't want to be there. I don't care what they tell you in the press conference. And, and those teams that play those SEC schools, they're as fired up as you can imagine because they want to rub it in the SEC's face. It's a combination we just have to get used to. And, and I'll be honest, I kind of tweeted something this morning I don't know if you saw it or not. It's a weird dynamic when it comes to SEC fandom. I chant SEC like everybody else does when, when the opportunity presents it. I love this conference. It's, it's like a big dysfunctional family. But I enjoy watching our rivals like Florida and Auburn lose these bowl games. It puts a big smile on my face at Christmas time. So I'm not making much of it at all. In fact, I'm sitting back kind of enjoying it. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I can understand that, too. And I, I just enjoy bowl games and enjoy watching them all for sure. And uh, just all the, the fun things that come along with it. But I'm curious to ask you this question because, obviously, Arkansas is playing Penn State. And yeah. uh, Arkansas and Penn State have never played each other in their history. This is going to be the first time that these two teams have met. I do know, though, that Georgia 
recently did play Penn State in the Tax Slayer Bowl back in 2016. Yep. Uh, when uh, I guess it was Mark Richt had, had had been relieved of his duties, and Brian McClendon was the uh, interim coach. Right. Can you tell us anything about uh, Penn State fans and Penn State things at all? Because, like I said, Razorback fans, we've never experienced the Nittany Lions. Yeah, it, it, uh, we went down to that game. My wife and I were in Jacksonville, and, and we actually both were doing photos on the sideline. That game was a lot of fun, but we didn't have a whole ton of interaction with them, but I think they, just like any other Big Ten fan base, they want to get the heck out of their hometown this time of year and go to Florida, and you can't blame <laughs> them for it. Uh, we're expecting a ton of Michigan fans down in Miami this weekend or this week. But, but yeah, they travel. They'll be there. But I, I think they are a fan base that expects a little bit more. I'm not sure how thrilled they are about the Tax Slayer Bowl. Or, I'm sorry, as, as, at the uh, um, Outback Bowl, I'm sorry, or the Tax Slayer Bowl when we play them as the bigger stage that they expect their team to be on. So I don't know how like loud and obnoxious you'll deal with them, but they're certainly going to be down there. And, and I don't, I didn't have a negative uh, interaction with any of them while we were there. Uh, but it is, it's a fun matchup. I, I think that's cool that Arkansas is playing them for the first time ever. And even if your season wasn't as great as you had hoped, like Georgia's in 2015, there is something cool about seeing your team's helmet versus the Penn State helmet on the field of play. Uh, like you guys are going to do this coming uh, Saturday. It, it, it's just fun. Those things are what make college football special. So I, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't worry about any negative reactions or interactions with uh, Penn State. But, yeah, enjoy that matchup. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, here's the thing. Penn State may be disappointed that this is their bowl game. Razorback fans could not be happier. This is this is yeah. awesome considering where they were <laughs> just a few years ago. So, But, Logan, no, man, we appreciate you joining us, man. Enjoy the college football semifinals. We're going to be rooting for you and the Georgia Bulldogs, man. Have a good one. Thank you, buddy. And go Hogs. Y'all go beat those, those Penn State guys. <laughs> All right, man. We appreciate it. we got more Out of Bounds live from Tampa, Florida coming up next.